All right, everyone, welcome back to another excellent episode of Filmcraft. You're presupposing it'll be excellent. I know, I literally just thought that too. I was like, imagine if this is like the shittiest one we've ever done. And then we started getting hate mail at the end of it. That kind of be cool. That's not what I'm going for, but I think that'd be really cool. Um, but this week, we are going to talk about ideas for this episode. And we got to talking about this. I- I'm stoked, man. I think this is going to be a great episode. I'm really excited. So two things come to mind right off the bat. I'm going to say them both because I feel like there's sometimes in episodes where I say one question, I say I have another one ready. And then after we discuss question one, I forget what question two is. So Latif, uh, do you remember what your first idea that you ever wrote into a script was and do you still find it uh like this far into your filmmaking filmmaking career i hate the word career but i'm gonna use it right now this far into your filmmaking career do you still find it hard to come up with ideas is it a bit easier now like what's a general flow in your head of how ideas stop eating my computer chair cat (laughs) Uh, what's the general way ideas come to your brain and how do you work them out yeah, I mean, compared to when I started early on, they happen more frequently now. And often I'm better at selecting the ones that I think will work the best. And, you know, once I got the ball rolling, once I made a couple of projects, um, it started to happen a little faster. And I think now I'm at the point where I'm juggling like four different ideas for the next project I want. Yeah, yeah, I can. I could not agree more, especially like in the the situation that I'm in now. Like I have so many scripts ready where if someone was like, hey, I want a this, I want a that. Do you have something like that? I'd be like, yeah, probably. Here, it's ready. Let's go make this. So like the idea shortage in terms of things that are physically ready to go shoot is very low. Like I find I'm actually quite plentiful in that um when actually coming up with like new ideas to start scripting that's something where i still do have a lot of the i want to wait for the idea to almost present itself to me in a way where i can see not necessarily where it's going but may like the potential trajectory of where it might go and latif and i were talking about this just before we started recording Um, I had an idea probably like a month ago-ish, and it was the sci-fi kind of thing where it's, uh, I could see the world, I could see how the mechanics of the world operate in like this kind of um, like class system within it. And I could even kind of see a couple characters and what they might do, but the whole story itself and what I wanted to say with this world and the potential of where to take it, all of that was still very uh i didn't know any of it if i'm being honest Mm -hmm. and i realized that i was i had this moment of like i can try and sit down and really force this idea to become a, a fully grown thing but i don't think that the seed is ready for it to bloom you know so i was like i really think i just need to put this away you know i'll go write something else i'll take however long it needs to and eventually like i'll come back and maybe through life experiences or watching uh, another movie or playing another video game or something i'll borrow something from that that will really turn this into a seed that's ready to be just ready to grow into a full thing and i think there's nothing wrong with saying like look i have this 
part of an idea that I really, really love, but it's just, it's not there yet. And it needs more time to sit and just mature on its own before I have a chance to come in and really try and shepherd it into something. Is that something that you run into ever? Or are you pretty much like, hey, here's an idea. Sweet. Let's do that idea. No, I think the way you described it is pretty much how I, I work uh, fundamentally in every way. Like I, I get nuggets of you know, stories, I guess, um, and fragments, and I collect them over time as I have different life experiences or or as I have more time to think about them. Um, and they start to ruminate in my head. They start to become more clear and more full. Um, and that's how I've always kind of developed ideas. It's always been like a collection of like disparate pieces. Sometimes the films have nothing to do with each other. You know, one idea could be like totally in one direction and the other is like about a completely different subject matter but they're both they're all things that are kind of interesting to me so it, it is more of like that mosaic of of just interests that slowly you know turn into films like they start to crystallize over time um but it to me it's rare that it's more it's like i'm at like a you know the batting box and a and the pitcher just throws one my way and i'm like trying to hit hit each one and the one that lands is the film like to me it doesn't really work that way it's more of like a web um that that's just how i feel about it it's refreshing whenever i hear other writers and filmmakers say this and it's something that i i go through a lot too so i want to say it here just in case anyone might be feeling that as well but like there are times and so i just finished writing a new feature um, it's the first draft of something. And it, again, it was an idea that I sat on for quite a while. But the tail end of last year, call it like the last two months, November, December, I was doing rewrites on another project that I have. So it's not that I was being inactive, especially in filmmaking or especially in writing. I was being, you know, I was working on something and it felt good. But at the same time, I was like, okay, I haven't written something like a new idea in. I think it was six, seven months. I'd basically just been doing rewrites and, you know, distribution stuff for what we don't say and all that kind of stuff. So I started beating myself up a little bit about like, you know, hey, man, why aren't you writing anything, you know, like a, a brand new idea, not just in rewrites. And I actually started weighing on myself a little bit and like kind of saying <laughs> self-derogatory things, I guess you could say. Um but that, you know, those kinds of things happen. And if you're just waiting for ideas to either present themselves to you through one way or another, or you're waiting for those little seeds of ideas you have to become nourished enough to become plants, then there's nothing wrong with that. And sometimes a little patience is, you know, all you need and it, you're going to get there kind of thing. Is that something that you have experience with as well? Yeah, I think, you know, like if I look back on my early attempts at trying to make films I think um, even just in the writing stage not even getting to like actually making a film um, because I think when you make your first film it's a huge accomplishment like you really feel like it, it took a lot to get to that place but even in just the stage of like writing something what often happens and you know this was my experience is I would write something um, and I would really rack my brain to try to come up with a concept. But once I got that concept, I clung to it. You know, I, I grabbed onto it and I, and I wouldn't let go because it was like the one idea I had. So I was like, oh my God, 
I came up with something that I kind of like, and I like held on to it <laughs> until, you know, I could make it. And there's a part of that that you need, but you have to also have a part of you that is able to prune away bad ideas. Um, uh, because you might be compelled by something. And I remember this one script that I wrote um, that had like interesting visuals in my head and it sounded like a cool story and it was of an interesting subject matter at the time. Um, and looking back, um, I never, you know, finished that idea. I kind of let it go at some point. I think I read like 10 pages of it and, you know, never went back to it. And it's that pruning of ideas, which is also essential to developing as a good storyteller you have to know what to get rid of and what to let go of um and and at times like that feeling of wanting to cling to any idea that you come up with just because it is hard to come up with ideas in the beginning um there's there's kind of like a tug of war that happens there where you need to know when to pull and when to like bring it to that point of like execution and when to just kind of loosen your grip a little and and know that any progress you made was good in the long run, but it doesn't necessarily mean you have to like follow through with every idea you come up with. I think it's essential for you to be able to like just like, you know what, I'm glad I spent however long I did on that, but it's probably not something I should do. I think that's kind of an essential part of getting better at, you know, being more creative and coming up with more stuff. One thing that I really often think, too, is you're going to have these times, exactly like you mentioned, where you spend some time on an idea, and for one reason or another, it doesn't work out. Or even you could write an entire script of it, be jazzed about it, it just doesn't get off the ground for some reason, and you move on to something else. And then that first one that you wrote, or the idea you had, goes dormant, right? But kind of, one of the beautiful things about ideas, especially when you're in the writing phase, is they don't they never really die, right? Like, it's not like a pet where if you stop feeding it, it's going to die. Like, they just kind of go dormant, right? So one thing that I think is under-talked about is that there's going to be times when in your writing, you cannibalize older ideas. So like you mentioned, you may have one idea where you wrote 10 pages of it, or maybe flesh out the whole thing, or you just have a single page of like ideas that for one reason or another goes dormant, whether it's for, you know, months or years or decades, whatever it is. But later, you could be writing something completely different. And for whatever reason, an initial character or kernel or theme or something from one of your way older things can come to your mind and be like, oh my God that would work perfect in here. And it kind of works well because if you've had something that's been dormant for that long, then, I mean, odds are it's probably some of your weaker stuff because you've grown as a filmmaker and you're writing better things with better ideas and hopefully better execution, right? But you can just take that kernel of greatness and infuse it into your new thing and then it breathes whole other life. And this might be a new idea where you're in that stage where you're like, this is a seed and it isn't complete enough for me to move on to writing it fully but once you cannibalize that other aspect of that previous thing and you inject it into this then it could be something that we're like shit this is it's ready now and i can start writing this i can start making it so don't ever feel like you're wasting your time with ideas and even if you don't get that call you know cannibalization of a, a nugget of an idea from a previous idea you're still working on your craft you're becoming better at what you do through the work on that so those 10 pages or whatnot you know if you never come back to them they still made you better at what you do because you know 
you grew as an artist as you did those. So I, I think it's pretty important for filmmakers and writers never to look at something and be like, that was a total waste. You know, it's still making you hopefully better in the long run. You know, I think for most people who are in, in that kind of phase of the process of like trying to come up with stuff, um, it's challenging and it's really difficult. And when you see other filmmakers, you know, always putting out films, always, you know, putting out scripts and stuff like that, it could be discouraging because you're seeing all this, um, I guess, output from all over the place, uh, especially with the uh, social media. It's always like, I made this film and a trailer comes out and this is some behind the scenes from like my first feature film. And it's like, God, I haven't even made a short film yet or something you know you could really get <laughs> down on that but um i guess this is gonna go in a kind of dark turn what i'm about to say but you know not Do everyone it. is creative not everyone is going to be good at coming up with ideas um and i know that's like not a because there's some people who are going to be like everyone's got some creativity and i'd argue no <laughs> i don't believe that <laughs> I think uh, I think everyone has the capacity to be creative in some aspects, but I think there's a reason we have people who specialize in certain things. I think there are some people who are just better at being creative. Um, and I think there's some people who are better at being managers or better at being, um, I guess, in control of systems and organization. You know, I find I'm I'm really bad at that kind of stuff, but I am a a, a better abstract thinker, I guess. Um, and I, I, that's kind of part of that um, figuring out what you're good at and what kind of um, part in the film industry that you might have a better role in, because it's really um, attractive to want to be a film director or a screenwriter because it seems like um, a prestige role that's somehow tied to being an intellectual person because you come up with ideas but um you might actually not function that way and trying to force yourself to work that way uh could actually be a detriment to like you know your authentic self you might be someone who's a, a little more um creative in a technical sense or maybe you're just a better manager sure. i think like um being an ad like a first ad on a film set it's very closely linked to being someone who's good at managing systems and good at organi organizing and someone who's, you know, very conscientious. Um, whereas like someone like me would make an awful first AD, like you wouldn't want me doing that because um, I do a really bad job at it. Uh, so uh, I think a part of it as well um, for anyone that's listening who might be doubting, um, and I don't mean to like make this sound, you know, like, don't try because you're not good enough, but it's really more about like figure out how you're good at something and where your strengths actually lie. Yeah, definitely. And I think another thing that's really important to keep in mind too is along the lines of what you were just saying, not everyone is creative by themselves, right? Like there are some people that, you know, you could say, go write a story. You could give them you know, pay them a living wage and then give them six months. And at the end of the six months, they'll be like, uh, I didn't do anything. I couldn't think of anything, but you could put them in a room with other creatives. And once they get 
into this back and forth and start spitballing ideas, then those two people can link up and really go make something great. You know, like maybe you're not great at doing something by yourself, but you just need a writing partner or maybe you need a manager to push you or something like that. Right. So just because if you find yourself in a situation where you try something on your own and it doesn't go well, and you find that you don't have a knack for doing solo, it doesn't mean that you don't have a knack for that. And it could be something where, you know, say you try and write something, you can't do it. So you go get a writing partner or you start writing with someone and then you guys write something together. You write a bunch of stuff together. After that, you could be like, you know, I've written a bunch of stuff with person X. I can try writing something on my own. And you might have gained the skills that you needed to set off on your own and start writing things. So it, don't let, I'm not great at writing or I don't know, you know, where to put a camera just instinctively. Like the vast, vast majority of us, I think, are not prodigies. We're not born into this, like, I know everything. This is just intuitive to me. I can do it all. You know, sometimes you really, really, really need to work at something excessively in order to get good at it. And having a lot of dedication can get you sometimes a lot further than people that just are naturally good at it. Yeah, I think, I I mean, I think in general, like, especially in film, most people who are really, I guess, at the top of the industry are people who have worked really hard. Um, And I think, you know, if you go back and listen to stories about how, you know, whoever you admire in the film industry started, they're probably going to be like, I was really bad when I started. Um, Mm -hmm. So that's kind of, I think, like a pretty um clear like uh pattern you'll see in the industry that like a lot of people started with like very little skill but a lot of um interest and i guess desire to keep growing yeah totally and like james cameron um you know i think he's if he's not the top grossing director of all time he's right up there like mega successful dude he said something that really identified with me and to this day i try and mimic it as much as i can he's like look i'm not talented at what i do you know i'm not a good writer i'm not a good director i'm not a good any of that and that was definitely true when i started but here's the thing i will work harder than anyone you've ever met and through that i will become good It's like, you know, that resonates with me because I don't think I was born with the natural ability to write scripts or direct or really do anything with movies. But what I can tell you is I will stay up till 3 a.m. every day doing as much work as I can if I need to because I want this so fucking badly that I will outwork anyone. (laughs) And, you know, that in itself is a really, really great thing. Don't be... Don't... um, you can't put enough stock into that really it's a great attribute to have especially for anyone working in the arts because it's uh you know the odds are against you if you're working in the arts to be honest so yeah yeah definitely all right but yeah going back to ideas and that first question do you remember what the first idea you had was that you tried to flesh out in some way shape or form that you know film wise whether it be something you actually shot or something you scripted Yeah. um, I mean, it was the reason I got into filmmaking. I just had this idea that I wanted to turn into a a short film. And I don't know why I wanted to make a short film. Um, 
you know, I got into it not wanting to be a filmmaker, but I got into it because I wanted to film a story that I had in my head. Um, I didn't even know what film school was. I had no concept of like the roles in, in uh, a film set. All I knew was I had like this camera and I thought, oh, maybe I can like find a you know, place we can shoot this. You know, I can use these people as actors and I have to like get props and stuff. So I had like a basic idea of what, what I needed to try to make this thing, but I had no, um, you know, technical skill. Like I didn't know about like lighting or camera use other than how I would um, use it the way I was at the time. Um, and I think uh, that idea was the first film I made in film school. It was like my first term project. So I eventually got to like put it in, into production and, and see it happen. I think that was really fulfilling. Um, and that was the first idea I had um, for a story. Are you, are you comfortable sharing what that idea was? Yeah, I think I might have mentioned it in previous uh, episode at some point. It was about like these two people living out, um, I guess, in the wild. Um, and they're just trying to like survive. Uh, but I didn't ha really have any like context to where or when it was. I just wanted to be ambiguous. Um, and I just wanted to show like their, I guess, relationship um, outside of like a, a regular society. I didn't want them to like speak English or anything. I didn't want them to like have a language. I just wanted them to kind of exist in this like world I created. So it's really like unstructured and I guess a little undeveloped in, in a way because I think the more I thought about it over time the more I realized like I didn't need to have some things established but yeah that was pretty much the premise of the film hmm. where did the idea come from um I think it was just walking in nature <laughs> I was just walking around in parks and you know walking in um, I guess like really big nature parks and I just really liked the setting and I would sit in like a forest or something or like by a lake and just kind of look around and be interested by the location I was in and uh, you know over time I started to think about stories in my head and stuff and what what could happen here and stuff because like you, you know you might have friends who aren't in the film industry that you hang out with and you go to a really cool place and one of them might be like, oh, wow, this is like a sci-fi movie or something. Just because of like a cool lighting thing on a building or whatever. Mm -hmm. You know, and I think like I maybe had one of those moments, but I really wanted to expand that into a story. And that eventually became me obsessing over making a little film. Um, yeah. You get this idea, right? And it's your first idea. You know nothing about filmmaking. Where do you go from there? What'd you do? Um, I think I, you know, read some maybe like articles or something online about like how to make a film, like what I needed. So I just started like researching stuff. And I, I think instinctively I knew that we needed to shoot somewhere. So I just go out and take photos of places I liked. So I was location scouting um, on my own without really knowing 
that that was like a normal part of the process. It just felt like the right thing to do. Like I needed to go out and take pictures of the places I wanted to film in. Um, so I would do that on my own. And that was really like the first um, bit of pre-production I did for that project. I think that's awesome. And then when it came to actually sitting down to write, like I assume you know nothing or very little about scripts at this point. What was the first attempt at the first draft? Like what it looked like? How'd it go? Uh, man, it'd be interesting to see if I had that document because I do remember writing. Yeah, you know what? I had screenwriting software because I had Adobe Creative Cloud. Um, so I had Adobe Story, which was like the first screenwriting software I had. So I remember I wrote that in screenplay format, but it, it took probably a, a longer time than it would now because I had no idea like what everything was. Um, mm -hmm. And I think that was like really, uh, that was before film school and stuff. So I had no like knowledge of anything, but I could kind of look at um, other scripts and see how they had things laid out. So I think I remember just copying how another screenplay was formatted. So I just write that um, and had a very like simple script for it. So I, I did kind of follow that convention um, through uh, Adobe Story software. So it kind of looked like a script, but I'm sure there were like tons of errors in it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'd say that was totally fair. Uh, and then how did it come up when you actually made it? Yeah, by that point, I think I had m much more resources than when I first had the idea, because at that point I was already in film school. I, you know, I, between when I came up with the idea and when I actually shot it, I had enrolled in film school um, just because I thought it would makes sense because there's so much technical stuff I didn't know about filmmaking that it it would be smart to like really know how to make a film you know in a hands-on way um, as opposed to just kind of like reading about it and I thought you know the best way for me to do that is to go to film school because I'll get to really get a taste of everything um, so by the time we made it I was in a setting that encouraged and I guess allowed me to make the film so it didn't feel like too much of a struggle but there you know obviously there's always some sort of conflict when you're making a movie and how did the finished thing turn out um I was you know partially happy with it you know there are, it, there's definitely issues with it um but overall I, I was really happy to see some thing that I kind of crafted out of nothing um turned into a film and i don't think everyone uh, understood like the world i was creating because i probably didn't like execute it the way i imagined but i think everyone kind of understood the the premise and you know people seem to generally um like aspects of it um i think i got like some parts of like the framing and the location stuff really right and I was happy about stuff like that alright and then the golden question how do you feel about it today versus back then 
like from an idea perspective, because that's what we're talking about in this episode. If you were to do that same idea now off the top of your head, what do you think you would change and why, I guess? Well, I think it would just be more developed now. Um, and I think, uh, like we were talking about earlier in the episode, like you get an idea and you just cling to whatever version of it pops out of your head because it's the only idea you have. And I think now I'd be much more flexible to really change it and, you know, scrutinize every every bit of it to make sure that it makes sense. Um, whereas, like, the first version of this idea, um, you know, there, would, there are clear errors. And not only are you learning about filmmaking and and what it takes to make a film you, you know you're learning about story like you have no concept of um how to tell a story what's necessary uh you know all i have is like um my experience from like high school and college of like reading books and um stuff like that to learn about anything to do with story because even watching movies you're just watching a movie you don't have any kind of look in, into uh, what goes behind it. And I, I just remember, like, in high school and college, when he would read a book, we would analyze the character and their motivations and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So I said, think that was, like, maybe what I went back to. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I think I would spend more time developing the idea if I tried to make it now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's totally fair. And I think that's something that would be very universal if you ask any filmmaker, you know, like how would it differ from then to now? The, the How deep you would go into it, I think, would be the biggest thing. Um, yeah, I remember... So I, I don't know if I've talked about it on the podcast. The first thing that I ever wrote actually wasn't my idea. And it was through a producer that is actually how Latif and I met. Um it was like he, I guess he hired, quote unquote, hired me to write the script. And it was like a weed comedy thing. I wrote it with my old roommate. And honestly, like it was complete dog shit. It was fucking terrible <laughs> in every single way. I don't have it still. I wish I did. Um, but I remember just entire pages of block description just rambled on forever and ever. Like I think it in the loosest, loosest, loosest way resembled screenplay format. Like it probably had scene headers, but that was about it. <laughs> and yeah, it was really, really terrible. Um, but I will always say, you know, until the end of everything, that I'm very thankful for being hired, even though I didn't get paid or anything, because that little, little fire under me, it was like, you know, it's time to go write something. And if that hadn't happened, you know, there's a chance that I just would have been like, yeah, I want to make movies and I never do anything. I never wrote anything or anything like that. So it was good. Um, but the first actual idea of mine that I wrote was a short and it was a heavy, heavily fictionalized and heavily dramatized version of when I was back in Ottawa playing in the band, we in our little musical circle of bands, we had one of, so another band we played with, their guitar player had died. And this was like a really fictional, really dramatized version of a similar situation. And I remember thinking like the concept of just 
seeing a friend dead or dying or something like that is enough to hook people. So what I should do is make something that's like super realistic. So like in the story, the main character finds his buddy dead and he like calls 911 and goes through this entire talk. And I remember like researching 911 calls and being like, if I make this as realistic as possible, then people will love it. It will be genius. No one's ever listened to 911 calls for their script before. <laughs> And uh, by the end of it, it was like, I, I wish I still had this one as well, but I remember just thinking like, I think it was 15 pages or something. Largely, it was just the 911 call and it just kind of went on and on and on. And I remember a couple of people told me like, this just, it keeps going. I was like, yeah, but that's the point, you know, it's, it's so real. And even in my head, like, I don't have a script now, but looking back at it, I was like, that was a stupid fucking idea. I bet you that scene could probably could have been like two or three pages, not even, and been way more effective. Um, but it's the same kind of concept of what you were talking about. Like, if I were to try and execute that idea now, it would be just straight refinement and going deeper. And on some level asking, like, why the hell would people care about this? Because, you know, I think when we first write things they're the first ideas we have are deeply personal to us and they're very 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 interesting because they're very interesting to us because they come from something odds are that happened in our lives but just because it's interesting to you doesn't make it interesting to someone else so you really need to evaluate like is anyone gonna care about this at all and i think that's a good question to ask yourself and it'll become a question that at least to me now that I've, you know, written all these things and done all this filmmaking, I don't really ask myself anymore because I feel like it's kind of baked into the idea creation phase as a whole. Um, your first idea there, was that something that you felt really personal about in that same sense? Yeah, in some way. I think the like that idea... That was kind of like about a paternal relationship as well. Kind of like an older um, character taking care of a younger one. Um, but they're brothers. But one of them having a more father-like um, role in that relationship. Um, and I was interested in how that would develop. Um, and, and I guess it was just like that. That was like where it came from because you know I have three brothers and and I guess that was like on my mind when I was doing that um so yeah I, you know when you're talking about like um you know when you write something it comes from a personal place um uh, I always find it hilarious when like reporters ask filmmakers or artists in any you know any uh field so when you made that, was it personal? It's like, of course it was fucking personal, you idiot. It's like, you know, the, like I've, I've been waiting for the artist to be like, no, I took the perspective of a tree when I wrote that. Um, or some stupid answer like that. Like, of course it's personal. That's like the only reference anyone has. Um, you know, so everything you do, I think, will, will and should start from a personal place. But you need to really... Uh, be clear about how you feel about something. I think that's the issue. Is does it? It becomes very difficult to like find any humanity in in the thing you're doing because 
um, where you're starting from doesn't really have any. It comes from like ideas um, as, as opposed to like from some form of experience, which I think is really important. I mean, that's how I create all of my ideas. Like I, it usually comes from some form of experience um, and like uh, a feeling or something. Um, but it never comes from like, um, I guess like a political uh, ideology um, or like a cause that I'm like passionate about. I think even when you have a cause that you're passionate about and you want to make a film about that, you do have some personal connection to that that you have to enter it through. It's never just the cause, it's the, the reason to do it. There's always some personal connection to it, and I think that's always the lens that you should first navigate through. When you're thinking of these ideas, knowing that they're personal to one degree or another, what kind of inner monologue do you have going on of how much, how personal, how much will this very personal story translate kind of thing? Like, do you go through a process of really asking yourself, you know, is this just me? Will people feel this way? What's your general thought on the, how much of your person, not personality, but personal life will layer into this? That's a really meta way of examining it. I guess I don't think I've ever done that before. Um, (laughs) Like I've never analyzed how I analyze things, I guess. (laughs) Because I've mm-hmm. been busy analyzing something, um, it would be really—I guess it would be really hard for me to do that. I would have to like be thinking of something, and then I'd have to be thinking about how I'm thinking about that thing, which sounds um, impossible. Um, sounds like a headache, man. Yeah. Uh, so, so I've I've never really done that. But um, uh, when I have an idea formed, then I'm able to look at the whole idea and say how would someone view this um and i guess in that respect i try to assume like you know where could this go wrong where could this fall flat not make sense not be funny um or as as like a whole where could it just like feel uh dishonest or something you know something like that um I guess I'm only able to do that when something is complete in a way. Um, not complete as a script, but even complete as an idea. Uh, or like whole as an idea. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I can't do it in the moment, but I can do it kind of after the fact. When there's something to actually step back and look at, I can I can do that. Um, but, you know, even then I'm not always right about how I feel about something. Sometimes I could do something and another person looks at it or reads it and says, eh, that doesn't really work. Um, and, and often when that happens, I, uh, kick and scream and run the other way. <laughs> <laughs> or violently attack that person. More often than not, yes. <laughs> uh, and like when you're, I'm curious if you ever do the mental exercise of how will people relate to this? Like what would audience reaction be aside from yourself because like i think every filmmaker does that when they're thinking of an idea or a script or even like finishing a movie you look at it away through your own eyes and say what would i think of this but do you ever say what would person x think of this what would an entire audience think of it or is that something you largely leave out 
it's hard for me to do that, I think, to be honest. Um, Mm -hmm. Why? Well, I guess it's because I don't really know anyone. (laughs) Um, You know, like, like, there's, it's really hard to assume how someone will react to something unless you really know them well. And I don't mean that in that, like, I'm, like, a loner and I have no, like, good relationships with people. It's more that I do have good friends, but even sometimes I get, you know, their reactions to something I get totally wrong as well. So I'm never really right about something. You can kind of give, have a good guess, but people people are changing constantly and the way they think about stuff is always changing as well. Um, and I guess when you're younger, that's more evident too, but... Um, what I'm doing, I guess, is I'm thinking about how I feel about it, which to me is a good way to like gauge if it's working. Because if, if I myself am not enjoying something that I've made or what that I've written and I'm having like, eh, then I know that I have to revisit it. And if I can look at something or read something and be like, you know, I really feel good about this, um, then I can kind of do that extrapolation and be like there are people out there who are kind of like me that would probably enjoy this and that's always possible um and and i usually you know i I guess as a filmmaker i find that people who like my films or the things that i make usually share some sort of um personality trait with me that makes them like the film or something um and i remember being at a screening um for a short film I had, it was at a friend's place. There are a lot of people there. And most people reacted well to the film. But I remember this one person just had, like, some issues. But I also remember when me and that person had a conversation before the film even screened, I could really clearly feel we had really opposite personalities and different ways of thinking. And when the film was played afterwards, I remember this person talking about it, like over somewhere else and I could kind of hear what they were saying and I was like yeah you know I could see why you why you didn't like the film well not that they didn't like the film there are parts of it that they just didn't um it didn't make sense to them um but in a way I I could almost feel that before they even saw the film like I I feel really different from this person and I wanted to get out of the conversation quickly not that they were a shitty person. I just don't want to be around them. Um, <laughs> but the fact that they didn't like my film, I was like, yeah, okay, I get it, whatever. Um, not that I, not that they're an asshole and I'm like this, you know, uh, perfect person. Like I'm a meathead myself. I can be pretty stupid sometimes. So it was just like a personality thing. But um, to make a long story long, I guess that's that's how I feel about that. It's hard to guess, but I think... If you have a decent feeling about it, people are kind of like you might as well. Yeah, totally. And I want to circle back to one thing you said, where like you say you sit there and picture how you would interpret this thing that you're making. And I think that's a really valuable thing to do in it. You know, it's something I definitely do too. I almost take it in this strange direction that I'd be curious if you share. So like I I can <laughs> I do the same thing where like I can look at it and say, you know, this is how I think I would feel. But then there's times where I I know I see a movie I don't like and it's almost like I become much more of a dick than I actually am. And I start tearing it apart 
much, much more than something where if it was like only okay or if I liked it, I would give it a pass on a lot of things. But if I didn't like a movie and they shared those similar qualities that I would normally give a pass to, I'll just rip it a new one for those same things. So it's actually quite hypocritical (laughs) in that way. But I think it actually becomes really beneficial when I'm sitting down to write my own things because I can look at it through those two almost like different but same eyes, I guess you could say. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think it's really, really beneficial because you'll sit down and say, you know, if I was having a good day and if I kind of like this movie, what would I think of this? And then as long as you're answering yourself honestly, you'll get a lot of good feedback. And then as soon as I turn on that, like, call it dickhead mode, (laughs) and I'll start picking out all kinds of little things. And even if it comes down to something where there is – the most common thing that I tend to notice in my work, and I'm noticing it less now, which I think is a really good thing, is if there'll be a part in a story where, you know, like, say, character A, I'm just throwing out a random thing here, character A has to talk to their partner about something, but they're embarrassed to do it, so they put it off, and then they encounter a situation where... They know they need to talk to someone or talk to that person. They still put it off and then they eventually end up doing it. The dickhead version of me says this chain of events is something that we see all the time in media. And one of the more interesting things to me is if you cut out all the middle shit and just went straight to this person knows he has to talk to the other person about this thing. You know, you can't underplay what that means to character A because clearly it means a lot to them. That's why they realize they have to have whatever conversation this is. But if you manage to do it in a way where they bite the bullet, they have the conversation, or for whatever reason, it isn't delayed. By cutting out that whole middle section, the back and forth of like, I know I need to do it, but I'm not going to, blah, blah, blah. Cutting all that out, you open up so much more time to explore your, call it like, version 1.1 idea compared to version one that had all the filler in the middle and it really opens it up to something that feels a lot fresher and more unexplored and more interesting so by turning on that dickhead side of my kind of reviewing for my own work it actually really forces me to look at it in a way where it's like you know cut the shit here and every time i've done that and i've cut out these call it like extraneous back and forths it, the script has always turned out better than when it was in there and i find that really beneficial to the entire thing and even the idea because by doing that it brings the idea to a whole other level in a really really good way um do you have anything like that when you're writing or crafting a story not to the extent that you're i guess explaining it like i don't <laughs> I think contrary to how it might seem, I'm quite kind to myself. Um, (laughs) Like, I I don't really, like, tear into my own um, writing in the same way. Um, And if I'm not satisfied with something, I'll usually take a pretty, like, neutral um, stance about it and just be like, yeah, that needs work. (laughs) Um, um, So I I won't be like, get rid of that that's like stupid or something like that um and, and my, i think it might just be uh uh self-preservation maybe but uh i yeah i tend to just have a very like 
an emotional read or look at something. Um, and if I do get like an emotional rise out of something, usually it's in a positive way, like something will make me laugh or smile um, when I revisit it and like, oh yeah, that worked, that was nice. And if something isn't working, I'm, I'm just kind of like flat about it and I'll, you know, do whatever I need to, to make it work or make it go faster. Yeah, I think that's totally fair. And um, I wanted to add two things to that as well. Weirdly enough, both South Park related, but we'll both make your ideas better, I think. Um, if you're not into, call it like emotional self-brutalizing your ideas, like I just mentioned, one thing, and I think I've talked about it on the podcast before, is um, when I'm going through rewrites, I'll leave myself notes on my rewrite and I'll always do it the same way. I bold, underline, and italics to, you know, just so when I'm scrolling through something, I know that that is a note. And I'll do it, then whatever note it is, I'll do it in the voice of Eric Cartman from South Park. So when I'm going through and reading the notes on the rewrite, I'll get a big kick out of it. Because, you know, if in your head, Cartman is giving you advice, it's like, you know, get it, that, that, that's it. Or like, that was awesome. It's it's just a little bit more enjoyable. It adds a bit of flair to it. So it could be a little, um, I don't know, like cherry on top, for lack of a better term, for anyone looking to critique their ideas. And secondly, this is something I've been thinking about a lot recently. So the lead writer of South Park, he has this thing where he'll write the initial outline of his script. And the script will be like this happens and then this happens and then this happens and then this happens and then this happens and there's your episode right and he goes through this process of what he calls replacing ands with buts and therefores so every single between every single scene instead of having an and it has to be a but or a therefore so it needs to have a way for scene a to cause scene b or scene a to impede be impeded by scene b and by replacing all these ands with buts and therefores, it really be, makes a more cohesive story and it adds a lot of conflict and rising conflict to it. And I remember hearing that thinking like, that's good. I like that a lot. And I think that could be a, a little, call it writing or idea mantra. If anyone's having a tough time, it might be able to, you know, just kind of be a compass for them. Yeah, those sound like pretty simple and straightforward methods of uh, trying something different. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, and then on the notes of, or on the topic of ideas, not on the notes of ideas, um, what is your just general like time frame? Like if I was to say, how many ideas did you have in 2020? And then how many of them actually got to a point where they felt they were good enough to be flushed out what's your your general idea count look like mm, i think in a year i might of ideas that i actually put you know up to scrutiny of like should i make this or not i think in a year maybe yeah. four or five um okay uh you know for short films i mean because I'm, I'm actually uh, trying to make them at that point but in terms of like just for writing um i think with with feature films for writing usually like one a year for me 
um, and I have to think for a very long time about it. Um, I, I come to that a little slower than the short films. Um, I, I, you know, I think for me as well, there's like a, there's like a boiling point kind of thing where, you know, I guess the analogy would be like, there's a kettle and, um, uh, I guess like a, a big pot on a stove and the kettle has a, a small amount of water and to get it to simmer, um, and then to a boil doesn't take as long. Um, and for me to get something to a boil in a kettle, you know, it's not as much work. So for me, that's the short film. I can do that pretty quick over and over again. But for me, writing the feature film is the big pot that's next to the kettle with more water and something that would take longer to boil. So even to get that to simmer would take some time. So for me to get to that boiling point, um, I have to really sit on it, I guess. That's the best way to, I guess, put that into a simple metaphor. Yeah, I think that's really good. And I think it's good for keeping your kind of expectations of yourself in check like when you're thinking of the these ideas and even if there's a short idea where you mention the kettle that's still a lot that needs to go into it in order to make that feel fully fleshed out and make it feel like a real idea so if you don't come up with one a week and like i do see these ridiculous challenges of like write um a short film a different short film every day for a week and it's like you might be able to do that once maybe but even if you can't do that don't beat yourself up a lot goes into these ideas and especially a lot goes into these ideas in order to get them to a state that feels fully formed to even be something you can write let alone shoot right um so yeah i'm like looking through my hard drive now for 2020 um I had, I wrote two pilots in 2020, both of them, or no, one of them I got the idea for in 2020. The other was a short that I had written years and years ago that I expanded upon. Um, and then I had two feature ideas and I finished one that carried over from 2019. Um, so in terms of like fresh, fresh ideas, you know, it's if you only have a couple a year, but they're a good couple, I think you're you're going at an okay pace. Yeah, yeah, I think de definitely. Like, there's a whole quantity thing happening too, where people are trying to like do a little too much too quickly. Um, you know, uh, I think before I even mentioned like this industry is geared towards you like constantly doing stuff all the time um and i think there is some utility to always be working on something but you have to get to that place in somewhat of a, a natural way you know how we were talking about early on you cling to any idea you come up with because it's so hard to but over time it becomes a little easier for you to do that um and in a natural way you do come up with more ideas but when you're just starting especially now there's this kind of pressure to constantly putting out ideas. Um, and I think it, in, it makes you in a way not go through that process we spoke about of being able to prune things away and I guess like ruminating and letting something uh, crystallize in your head as, as a, a viable film. Um, so 
you know, don't let that pressure push you past the normal development of how to become an artist. I think let, let that still happen. Um, and over time you will become more productive. Yeah, definitely. And another thing to keep in mind, like I'm looking at my script folder here, I clicked on unfinished scripts and in there there's six, um, there, one of them's a short, the rest of them are features. Um, but of that, like those are just the ones that I've deemed like I think there's something good enough in here that eventually I will be able to turn this into an idea that can be a full thing and even a full movie, right? But in terms of just straight ideas, like I have ideas every fucking day. It just only 1% of them are good enough for me to even kind of remotely explore and then less than that are good enough to actually become something where I could maybe write it one day right so of these six ideas like these six unfinished ones which are largely just like random notes and thoughts kind of thing those are six that have accumulated probably over like the last three years I've probably thrown out like literally just intentionally forgotten hundreds and hundreds of ideas since then. But in all fairness, that's a good thing because A, you know, I think your brain's still trying to come up with things, which is always a good sign. And B, it's wading through all the crap. It's not a bad thing that you forgot the bad ideas. It's better that you forget the bad ideas than you actively try and work on them. You finish it and you're like, this sucks ass. Why the hell did I write this? <laughs> you know, don't be afraid to let go of some ideas. It's, it's not a bad thing. Yeah. I mean, that's how you get bad movies, right? So. <laughs> yep. Yep. Absolutely. Nothing else is coming to mind for me. Does anything else come to your mind of things you wanted to explore in this talk? You know, hopefully this is helpful for people who are, you know, in the early stages. Like, I, I, you know, I went to film school in 2013. So it's it's been about eight years. Um, and only now do I feel like I'm a little more confident at this so it takes time you know uh yeah yeah and you know allow yourself to to do that uh don't be in such a rush but at the same time don't be like fucking lazy and just on your ass all the time too so <laughs> uh oh i actually do have one other question for you do you ever workshop ideas what we don't say aside because that was something that like you know i think uh, I pitched you and we worked together. Like there was an idea in there already, but just straight like before that stage, before it's ready to be pitched, do you ever go to people and say like, I'm kind of working on this thing. I don't know what it is. What do you think? Or is it largely an internal process? No, for me, it's largely internal. I, I, I'm usually the one vetting everything. Um, I think mainly because I am, I'm doing so much on the project. I need to be very sure about it in every aspect of it um but i don't think that's the norm i think people do usually vet ideas with other people um i think that's more expected in this industry which is really collaborative i find that i'm i'm a bit more of a turtle like i go slow and i really think for a long time about everything and and um especially in the early stages, I'm not as collaborative. And I, I think even you would agree to that, that I'm, I usually don't send people things to read and stuff. I'm very like private and stuff, but it's just how I work. I think everyone's a little different, but I think the norm is people do brainstorm and share ideas early on. Yeah, I think it's like, 
it's there's nothing wrong with either way. I actually would say I fall a lot on the internal process as well. The only two times I can ever remember like actively pitching an idea and one is much more of an idea. The other one was just kind of talking about it. Both were to you, actually. One was for a script I did called Blue-Eyed, where I'd written this. I had a dream, and then I immediately woke up, wrote the, the first six pages of this. And I remember reading you the first six pages and just saying, like, I have no idea what this is, but I wrote this. And it ended up being the first script that I ever didn't do an outline for and I just kind of like freehand wrote it so I actually really really enjoy the script but I remember you and I tossed around a couple um ideas of what it could be where it could go I actually don't remember if I incorporated any of it <laughs> but that was more just like a fun hey I've never tried this let's see how it goes kind of thing and I don't regret it it was a really fun time and then the other time was I have this idea to do something. It's actually about a real person. And I got the idea from a podcast. So it wasn't me so much saying like, here's my idea as me just saying like, Latif, I heard this podcast today about this guy. You got to listen to all this crazy shit. <laughs> Basically just like told you this guy's life. So I wouldn't necessarily say that's workshopping an idea or pitching it or anything like that. It's just like saying, I heard this thing and I'm excited about it. And, you know, I think you get a kick out of this too. Um, but any way that you work out your ideas, whether it's, you know, being spoken out loud or just internalizing them or, you know, writing them on the fucking walls, whatever you do, it's all fine. You know, it's all a way of working it out to a point where it can become something greater than the idea. Well, I wouldn't say any way. Like, if you yell your idea at children, that's probably not okay. But um, <laughs> no, that's that's very okay. But you know, I, I I get what you're saying. Everyone's wired differently, and they're gonna come up with stuff differently. Yeah. So, do your yeah, thing. Totally. Do you have any buddies or any interesting stories of ways that people have come up with? ideas like kind of out their ways i i'm not saying this as like i have a good one after you i legitimately don't i just think it's an interesting question if you have a cool answer to it yeah i mean i've got a friend who writes music and during writing sessions whatever pops into conversation will be written into like you know a brainstorming session you know we could just be playing some music and trying to write to it and this person, you know, someone could walk in the room and talk about like Cheetos and he'll incorporate it into the writing session. Um, so he just like doesn't filter. He just lets everything in and tries to use it. And I've never seen anyone do that before. And it's definitely not how I work. Whereas I'm filtering everything heavily before I even, um, you know, write it down. Whereas... Um, how uh, this person was working was like the complete opposite where he let every single idea in it's almost like he was just opening up stream of consciousness into the writing session and I thought that was really interesting um, so yeah it was definitely not normal um, but and, and kind of unique and off the wall that is super off the wall I like that a lot I mean I couldn't even begin to imagine trying that myself but i think it's a super cool concept <laughs> um but yeah i mean that's all i've got for ideas do you have any last yeah sometimes it's okay to steal ideas <laughs> 
Yeah. Actually, I was going to mention that like halfway in. I was like thinking to myself, don't be afraid. Like, you ever heard of a guy called Quentin Tarantino? That dude just takes everyone else's ideas, crushes them into his own idea, and makes a movie. And it's great. No one complains, you know, like borrow and steal as much as you can. Well, there are people who, who don't like his movies too, but um, um, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't mean it that blatantly. I think like what I what I mean to say is like another film could, you know, spark something that you, you know, a tangent that you might want to go down, but you still have to do it in your own voice. But yeah, you know, uh, you know, that's how we create art. We get inspired by other art. So, you know, that's another way to launch into something all right well yeah um until next week this has been filmcraft i am matt ralston this is latif thanks for listening oh and this is brought to you by acast it's a podcast hosting service that's cheap and awesome